Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast for the first time in 2024. My name is Alex Catalano and Alex Miller, we are kicking it off with a bang. We've got plenty of season previews to roll out and first and foremost, we're starting off with Brisbane. Yeah, it's great to be back, Cat, and it's good to hear your voice as well as the next man that we're going to hear soon. But it's been a great off-season, lots of going on, and we're trying to break down what 2024 is going to look like for a couple of the mobs, and we're kicking off with Brisbane. Huge off-season, Alex Doherty, and it is good to be back in here, but with a new season comes new expectations, and, oh, jeez, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting one for a lot of these teams. I think we, we're sort of still scoping out where everyone stands at the moment. Yeah, it's very interesting, Kat. Uh, hello, everybody, again for another year of delicious AFL content from <laughs> us at A3, and we hope we've all had a good holiday, as we know we have. Um, and, yeah, as I said, big year for us and a big year for the AFL. So, yeah, it's interesting. We've had conversations over the last, you know, month and a bit, you know, who's going to do well. Who's? I honestly think it, it, this is about as tight as a race as we can predict because, I think about at least 14 clubs. I think I think maybe 15, 16 clubs can stake a claim for being in the top eight this year. But we'll try and break it down as much as we can. Uh, one team that we all think should be in the well entrenched in the top eight are the Brisbane Lions, of course. Absolutely, yeah. Brisbane Miller obviously uh, dropping the grand final in um, very, very close circumstances. As we know, it was a great granny between uh, the Lions and the Pies, but. Um, where does this put them coming into 2024 now? It's a great season. I think that's a big tick for them to actually get there and very nearly win a flag. But uh, I feel like it's one of the hardest teams to be coming into the season is the team that lost the grand final last year. Absolutely, Kat. There's, there's a lot of pressure, I think, on Fagan more than anything coming into this year. I think that finishing second, they had the home final. Um, they did a great job to make a real charge in September and push Collingwood all the way, who... As you said, it's it's always interesting how the, the losing team bounces back. But I think Brisbane will be up there again. I mean, they won 17 games last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they match that, if not go even better. Because this team at the Gabba, they just really get everything going. And the big thing I think we'll see, Doc, more than anything, is the midfield strength really improve again this year. I mean, they've, they've got the Brownlow winner in there uh, in Lockie Neal. I think Jared Lyons found a, a bit of his better footy in the back end of the year. So hopefully he can get fit and back and firing and... We see what Josh Dunkley can do on the main stage. So I think Brisbane midfield will propel to another level in 2024. Well, we saw in 2023, Miller, Brisbane were the kings of the Gabba. And we've said it for the last, I don't know, geez, maybe five years now. Gabba's a fortress and a 12 and zip home record in 2023 uh, speaks for itself. So they they love playing up at, at the Gabba and they love sort of, you know, being there. It's just about what they can do away from home. Five and six was their record away from the Gabba. This, uh, in 2023 so a lot of talk about their um a lot of talk still goes about their uh, inability to win games at the mcg i think it's a bit overblown personally um but look very stiff not to be the premiers they you know a kick shy uh, of they would, yeah kick away from winning it all um and there's no reason why they can't do it again i think they've still got a lot of their core cool players in, in place you know, Daniel Rich not there, uh, probably the key out there, but they're, they're already talking about replacing Tawani anyway uh, in the back half of last year. So I don't think that's going to be a key issue there. Jack Gunston not there either, but then again, he didn't play for half the year either. So um, yeah. it's it's just about, you know, sort of getting continuity and, and just getting more more games in some of the younger players. We know Dev Robertson was sort of, was sort of touted to have a big year um, uh, at the end of last year. 
be interesting to see how he goes along. Uh, Kitty Coleman, the same, because uh, he had a massive finals campaign and was, you know, looking best on ground odds in the grand final at half time. And if he can string that together for a full year, then, you know, the Lions, this Lions team isn't going anywhere. Yeah, 16 games for Robertson as well last year, Doc. I think he's uh, looking good coming to this season, even though there's plenty of speculation about him heading on out. Um, you talk about the G, they've got a big early test in the season against Melbourne, I think that's going to be the first big game for them, Miller. Uh, it's round, was it round five they've got them? Yep. Um, so that's it's it, no better time, I think, to, to test yourself against some of the best in the team that uh, not many, we don't know how they're going to be, whether they're going to be dropping off mm. the Ds, all this off-season drama that we've heard. Um, but it's, it's a great opportunity. They'll play the Pies at the G as well, another game that they'll be, I think, marking off the calendar, even though it is going to be at the end of August. Um, <laughs> two really, really big tests there. But when you are a team that's gotten to the point where Brisbane got, you you really need to not take a backward step because, like you yep. said, all these teams that were around that mark, um, your Carlton's who they play first up this season, um, teams like the Giants who did better than everyone expected, um, and even those that are trying to bounce back, like the Dogs, Port Adelaide want to get back from embarrassing house straight sets exit. They're going to need to be on their toes, I think, this year, Brisbane, because their home record's great. But there's more teams around them that are going to be pushing. And I want to see them playing to this same level and hopefully making the most of the careers of guys like Lockie Neal, who, uh, you know, he's just kind of putting a brown load, but he's not going to be one of the best midfielders in the comp forever. Yeah. Um, these guys yep. are going to slow down at some point. No, I'm 100% with you, Kat. And I think it comes back to Doc's great original point about even, you know, kicking all these predators. There's so many great teams. And that's the thing. If you, your group isn't willing to take that next step, and seize the opportunity, there's going to be, you know, a handful of clubs, even more, you know, that six to eight that are going to be willing to go, well, we've got a list that's right to go. So I think that's sort of a big thing for Brisbane is, you know, do they have that star talent to go to the next level? I think they do. And I think that this list group is really mentally tough. And I think that they'll be very disappointed with how last year finished. But all in all, Kat, I think that the biggest thing you see from teams that obviously lose the grand finals though that you'd have you have that sort of fall off or you sort of take that next step and say well can we win it all and i suppose that sort of leads into my burning question for you boys and i'll start oh, with well, you here we go. start with you doc is that can they win it all i mean really you, you look at where the list is and where you know as cat mentioned a lot of these guys are in their prime is it sort of a now or never period yeah well it has to be um, because, look, they were less than a kick away from winning the grand final last year. So there's nothing in there that suggests that they can't go all the way. Uh, I think that, yeah. you know, if they can get their lower tier players, you know, the guys like Dev Robertson, for example, if they can get Jasper Fletcher up another level or two uh, next year, uh, this year as well. Jackson Pryor, a depth player, but he played he played a few games uh, into last year as well. They like get him games too. Get games into those guys, and and, and if they can produce uh, in, in, a, in a, you know, Come, come the end of the year, then no doubt they can win it all. Uh, there's, yep, uh, yeah. you know, there's probably yeah a handful of teams really that I think are lo- uh, almost locks to be in the top four, and I think Brisbane is one of them because they yeah. continually churn out week after week. They've got a great midfield. Uh, the big O's flourished as a ruckman. You know, the forwards were really, really good last year. You know, Joe and and Hipper for uh, you know in portions uh, were very, very good and. <laughs> Lot, lot to say about uh, Stixie Ryan as well, Miller, who yes. had some had a couple of really good games at Hawthorne uh, at the back half of last year as a mid-season draftee. So 
he'll be he'll be an interesting watch for mine as well. So if if he if he sort of gels in with with uh, Joe and Ecker and, and and the crew, and I'll tell you what, you want to see you want to see a big year from Hugh McCluggage as well. Uh, I think he's one of oh. those guys that's oh, you know if he, we know he's a great player, but I think I think a lot of people are starting to really take point that he's a superstar caliber player. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, and I think, and I think we're just about ready to see that leap into the elite status this year. Yeah. He's, he's one, I want to see a, a full elite level midfield season from doc. And, you know, you talk about players that need to take the next step and, and find consistency for the year. I thought, you know, Cam Rayner obviously has just come off you know, pretty major injury, um, you know, but uh, I, I think he can lift his goal tally to something like 40 goals this season, Miller. And, um, I don't know, get a little bit more midfield time as well. I think he's a guy that if he takes the next step, that's where Brisbane find that premiership difference. Him, Jared Berry, I thought had a good season, but maybe not also similar to McCluggage, maybe not quite taking that elite step that maybe we wanted to see um, yeah. from a guy like him. Those two, I think, going to the next level will make a really, really big difference, this Lions team. And um, if you see them become elite players, Hipwood as well, got to be consistent all season long. Uh, I think, yes, that's premiership credentials in that team for sure. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you both. They just will come back to those, those players kicking on leaps and bounds because overall they're a talented list. There's no doubt about that. And, and Chris Fagan is regarded as one of the best coaches in the league, not only because he can burst blood vessels in his head and still keep consciousness, but also because you know he, he's got a good relationship with the players Um more than anything, and that's what you need them on here is, is a good coach to, to play a sort of ratio. So, yeah, I'm like you boys. I, I think that I'm pretty bullish on them being set on top four, and I can't see why they couldn't go and hopefully take another step and, and win it all. Yeah, breakout yeah. players for the Lions, boys. I'll throw it over to you, Doc. Who do you want to see, or who do you think is going to take the next step this year? Yeah, well, Jesus, a few of them uh, isn't isn't there. I, I think. I think there's definitely a lot more room for a guy like Jasper Fletcher to improve this year. I mean, I thought we we saw a lot of really good signs from him last year, being able to break into this top two side and being able to hold it down, you know, either as a half forward, playing outside mid, we even might, might have seen him play a little bit inside as well at stages, but he really adapted to AFL level quite well. I mean, a lot of people sort of, you know, ranted and raved about Will Ashcroft and rightfully so. I mean, he was, he was unbelievable in his first year, but... I think a lot of people dismissed what Jasper Fletcher did. And I think now that Ashcroft's at least going to be out for at least the first half of 2024, I think we're going to see a, a, a lot more a lot more from Fletcher uh, this year. And I think it's going to be a, li- a lot more notice from outsiders as well. So I uh, played 14 games last year and kicked eight goals. So um, he's, not a bad, he's not a bad little player. And I think he'll play most games this year. I like that. I like that. Cat, who are you good. looking at? Uh, well, look, I was going to go with Fletcher. Um, big on him as well, Doc. Uh, the obvious answer, I think, is Kitty Coleman, though, boys. Uh, the, the way that he finished last season, you know, he's shown that he can be um, the next Daniel Rich for the Lions, which is a role they needed to, I think, fill um, pretty quick, obviously. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he just looks the goods. His use by foot is outstanding. Um, he's, he's not... I suppose he's probably not the most talented player, but when he gets the ball in his hands, it just goes to where it needs to go. And if he can lock down that role and play that every week, get 20-odd possessions or so um, and, and deliver that ball and, and even chalk up a few inside 50s, I think he's very capable of getting further off the ground too. Kitty, when he takes it on, 
Um, that first half of the grand final showed his ceiling, what he can be as a player. I think this is his year to, to really um, take, take that role in the back line as his own. I'll throw it to you, Miller. Who are you going I like with? that, Cap. I really like that. I mean, <laughs> common was mine, so we're stealing each other's here. But <laughs> uh, look, as sort of Doc said, there's plenty of players that can, you know, be um, those guys that will be on the improving. Special shout out to Darcy Wilmot. I'm sure all three of us reckon that he'll be a great player. But I'm going back to a guy you spoke about earlier, Cam Rayner. I think there's a real reason why, obviously, he was touted how good he is. Number one pick all those years ago. But I think this preseason is what's going to give him an edge that he hasn't really had that opportunity to have and a full one under his belt. We've seen what he can do, you know, with that midfield forward blend time. And I think I will be able to see a bit more of a 50-50 split. Apparently, he's worked on his tank. We know that he's a really strong mark overhead. Works hard up the ground. Great defensive player as well. So he, I, I still think that, there's been a lot of pressure on him in his, in his short career. You know, you still got to remember that he's only 24. So he's got a lot of footy ahead of him still, and he's going to be a great player. And I think that you'll really see him this year take a massive step um, in terms of his productivity. You know, he still kicked 104 goals in 113 games, which is still pretty good considering that, <laughs> you know, he's probably probably been injured in about half of those games as well that he's played. But he's, um, he's that bloody good that I reckon he's that type of talent where – takes a couple of years to get the flourish out of him and I reckon this will be the big year where you see him go to another level. So I'm going with Cam, the man, Rayner with, with my most well the, well, the thing with Rayner as well is, he, is he's played a hundred, over 100 career games. I think round one, uh, sorry, round zero will be uh, career yeah. game 114. So, uh, you know, he's got the experience under his belt now and it's all about fitness for him as far as I'm concerned. If he can get his running game right if he can be if he can show that good endurance base that i think a lot of people touted that he needed work on when he got drafted if he can show some significant significant improvement in that and rotate between forward and mid provide an impact at both ends of the ground then brisbane are going to be pretty hard to stop yep yeah, absolutely. I'll just throw Brandon Ryan's name in there as well. I know we spoke oh, about sticky. it, but I think there's a yeah, role sticks. in the forward line for him. And uh, the Lions are such a strong offensive team. If he's getting the ball delivered into the forward line, I think we could see some goals out of uh, big sticks this season as well. Assuming he gets the opportunity, I think he will. I think he's good enough. Um, is there going to be there. is there going to be room, Cat, though, for three two hundred centimeter plus forwards? Yeah, it's a difficult team? one. It is a difficult one. Um, I think he can play. He's good enough up the ground, I think, Ryan. I can see him lurking out a bit more and um, and playing <laughs> that sort of role because he's got a great set of hands uh, and yeah. he can find the goals. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to be kicking the ball to him. Uh, but you're right, Doc. It, it maybe makes it a bit top-heavy. I think we wait and see round one what, what uh, Papa Fags wants to do uh, with the, the big man. <laughs> uh, I'm also saying, though, you got to say, yeah, sorry, sorry Kat, I'm also saying Danaher. You know, he, he played up the ground really well in the back mm. end of the year. And they, I think, rough, yeah. yeah, Fagan liked that. And I think I'm with Kat. I, I like the idea of Ryan in the team because lets the big O play more in the ruck. And I, I think he's more of a, a pure ruck than a resting sort of forward. So I, I like it. I think Sticks is the man. We love him here as well at A3. Uh, he's, he's got a big smile and a big set of hands. So, yeah, he, he's a good shout. I like it. Absolutely. All right, let's talk ladder predictions, boys. Where do we have oh. the Lions finishing? I think for me, it's it's top four again for the Lions. Where exactly? Uh, I'll nail it down, but they've got to be in the top four. <laughs> I think anything lower than top four is a, a failure of what they've got. 
um, in this team at the moment. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm on the train, I reckon. Yeah, uh, there's a lot about Brisbane's list that screams top four. I mean, on average in, in their entire list, they're, they're fourth ranked in the comp for the games yeah. played. They have, you know, an average of, you know, just over 78 per game, uh, games mm. per game between each player. So that's fourth in the comp. They've got the fourth oldest list in the comp as well and fourth uh, fourth ranked for career goals as well on average. So, so they're going to um, finish fourth is what you're telling me. Uh, no, I think they're going to finish top two, Miller. Because oh, I think bang, there it is. I think they're. I think they've got the consistency. They've got the. They've got the list build. I think they've got everything right in terms of you know their their age bracket. They're they're right. They're smack bang in that you know premiership window, and I think they'll be there for for a few years down the track. Keep in mind as well, Tom Duday as a free agency signing probably won't play yes. this year, but uh, yeah, give him give him twelve months, and he slots right into that defensive half set up with uh, Harris and. And the like, uh, you know, obviously no Marcus Adams uh, mm. uh, from from here on in, but you know they've got themselves a nice little player. And Darcy Gardner had a good back end of the year as well. Uh, he can't be dismissed. So I've got, the, oh yeah, I've got the Lions top two. I think they, I think they're about as good a lock as any. Yeah, I'd uh, have them yeah. around second or third. I'm with, I'm with that sort of vibe from you both. Top four definitely. So I, I think that they're just talented enough and the big thing will be if Fagan can get them into a, a premiership mindset more than anything and just sort of, you know, you've got to be proud of what they accomplished in some respect from last year because you can't just dismiss it. You know, it is, I think it's a lot of people's default to say, well, you know, always one team wins a flag. Well, yeah, no shit, but two teams are going to make it and two teams give it a red hot go. And I think Brisbane have got to be positive and channel that into, look, we're almost there and let's let's do one better and, you know, and, and win it all. So I reckon, yeah, definitely top four, but I'd like to see them about around second or third, I reckon. All right, there you go. That is our season preview for the Brisbane Lions. Make sure you stick around. We have got 17 other teams to cover here on A3 before the season starts. Next up on our season previews, we are talking GWS. Very, very interesting season for the Giants uh, in 2023, Miller. I don't think we expected them to probably do. I don't think anyone expected them to do quite as well as they did. Seventh place. Uh, on the ladder, but made it all the way through to a prelim final and only lost it by one point. Adam Kingsley's working magic uh, over there at the moment. I'll tell you what, he's uh, he's got the lantern and they're rubbing it and rubbing it and rubbing it and he's producing absolute wishful wishful dreams that they couldn't even imagine because the fine expectations, to say the least, I think last year, the Giants, a lot of them thought... Um, and I think myself, I had them about 15th or bottom four even, and they were outstanding. I, I think this do-not-die mindset is something that's been adapted by those great teams in the comp. You look at what Collingwood were able to do um, with McRae's first season and now, you know, a season later winning a flag. And I think Kingsley's that type of vibe, Doc. He's just that, 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 that coach that you want to play for. He, you know, he's got the trust. He backs you in to do your role. He knows your limitations. He knows what you excel at, and he plays to the players' strengths. And I think... That is something why the Giants really targeted Kingsley in the offseason. And I think that they'll be really proud of how their season finished up the Giants with a, sort of the way they went in, which was a do-not-die attitude. Yeah, I thought, you know, particularly in that second half of the year, you know, between them and Carlton were the best teams in, in terms of form yeah. form guide. And, you know, even as a dog supporter, you know, looking at looking at this side, you, you're, supposed to hate this, you're supposed to hate this team. <laughs> but I just couldn't help but feel, you know, admired uh, with with what Adam Kingsley has done, what this Giants team has done. And, 
you know, yeah, I was mad that, that that we lost them late in the year, but at the same time, you know, this was a, this was a side that came from about five six goals down, and it basically typifies what you say, Miller, as as a uh, yeah, as as a side that just doesn't quit. I thought I thought that he got a lot out of his older brigade of players. You know, Cogs had been sort of in and out of form last couple of years. You know, Callan Ward. We didn't know exactly where he stood, uh, but he found a nice role across half forward and be that man as the run with player you know, when mm. called upon. You know, Toby Green, it goes without saying, was all Australian captain last year, had a magnificent season, played almost every game and kicked 60 plus. So he, he, he was fantastic and got really good years as well out of the likes of Whitfield and Josh Kelly, uh, Tom Green as well, and, and Jesse Hogan. So it's that was the one thing I took out of that that year for the Giants is that, that Adam Kingsley got a lot out of those veteran players where in years gone by, you know, Josh Kelly would have maybe had a half decent year. Lockie mm. Whitfield would have gone missing for, for, you know, maybe large parts of games. Um, and now it's all about sort of building on that. And I, and I think the Giants have got a, a nice little core core group of players there that can, that can really take him to the next level. I mean, Finn Callahan played 21 games last year. Jake Riccardi kicked 35 in, in 21 games as well. Uh, Isaac Cumming continues to impress. Brent Daniels got a good year out of him as well, which I, I keep telling you, boys, he's he is a barometer of that team. Uh Brent Daniels. <laughs> yeah. You give him the you give him the games, he'll bloody lift. And Nick Haynes was, you know, sort of a player that sort of rizz up rizz up. Risen up from the dead, sort of type. Uh, uh, <laughs> last year, we thought he, we thought he was cooked. End of twenty twenty two, but he sort of uh, a bit of self revive Miller. Um, they're they're a fantastic team to watch, and I hope that they uh, continue on this year. The GWS. Yeah, not just the older players as well, Doc, but you know some of these younger guys really coming on too. We've seen uh, Tom Green make the step to actually becoming Green a Green. full on genuine elite midfielder. We love Green Green. Uh, Lockie Ash as well. I was big on him all season. He's really coming to his own. Um, you mentioned Isaac coming before too. Snooze Bedford coming in and having an immediate impact um, up at Giant Land. Um, I, I think for, for me, and my Brixie. expectations, <laughs> yes, as well, yeah. Um, my expectations for this uh, Giants team, Miller, is that we just need to see this again. And I think that's an important point that Doc makes about Kingsley getting the most out of these older boys is um, it, it, they are genuinely guys like Ward. Now uh, he, he surely can't be too far from retirement at this no. point. Um, and they've got a few blokes hanging around like that. Haynes as well, like we mentioned. Um, Lloyd's just retired at the end of last year. Um, and it's it's a big group of leaders in there. Obviously, Toby's come in, uh, come in as captain and um, done a fantastic job. But... It is sort of a year where we might see a changing of the guard for GWS. Yeah, I think so in some respects, Kat, but a good changing of the guard, wouldn't you say? I mean, you look at these young talent they've got coming through. It's a list that I think is not only stacked with talent that's played games, but also with talent that we haven't been able to see, you know, them play due to injury and just the nature of the depth of this list to some extent as well. Um, Darcy Jones is a guy I'm high on. I hope that he can get some opportunities. Aaron Cadman, we've got to remember, is the number one pick for a reason. I think he's going to have a, a strong season in terms of another guy like Cam Rayner I spoke about. A preseason is going to do him the world of good. We always see with young key forwards, it takes a bit of time. Um, also, they like the look of Ryan Anglin. who got some games. Lockie Ash took on leaps and bounds. Um, we talked about Snooze Bedford, one of our favourites. Lee Kalir as well. Boys, they're really high on. Um, possibility of him getting some games as well. I think they'll try and sort of manage 
if not phase out Lockie Keefe a little bit because he's kicking on a bit and they're looking for that sort of next swing uh, option. So they talked about Aaliyah sort of playing as a sort of back and second ruck, which I don't mind. I like that. Um, but I think the big thing will be, and, and Ralston as well, we love him, the little rock, pocket rocket. Um, I, I think the big thing is it sort of stems from, as you said, Cat Toby Green. You know, his appointment as captain really sort of rejuvenated, I think, the team a little bit. I think things became a bit lackadaisical under Davis and Cal Ward, and no disrespect to them. I think they're great leaders for a very long time um, for multiple reasons, sort of the the beginning of the Giants in a way, and also they both had respectively um, great careers. But I think Toby Green sort of sets the tone with his play more than anything, and his attitude actually has uh, changed a fair bit as well. So... I think that the biggest thing is that they're just playing on a level that sort of gives them an edge in a way, Doc. I mean, uh, I mean, you look at what they could achieve this year could sort of be anything in some respects. So it's sort of – I think their expectations sort of sky's the limit because the team's got a lot of untapped potential still, I think. Yeah, well, that's the thing now. Now that we've seen them, you know, they were close. They were kick away from being in the grand final, the Giants. Yeah. So I think now there's a lot of expectation that they're going to be around about there again. And and yeah. it comes with the territory as well. A lot of teams will be wanting to figure out this this Giants team this year and, and, and figure out how you stop, you know, Toby Green from having a massive influence. How are you going to stop, you know, Jesse Hogan from running up and, and grabbing the ball like he's, you know, the second coming of Plugger Lockett. You know, you, <laughs> how, are you going to, how are you going to stop the midfielders? How are you going to stop Green Green from getting 20 contested possessions a game? There's a lot of, lot of intangibles going on in sort of trying to work out how to stop the Giants' ball movement, how to stop their contested game, how to stop their tackling game. So, yeah. um, look, having said that, I think, there is always room for growth, and you've mentioned quite a few of them already. Cadman only played twelve games, very underwhelming, but he's still growing and learning into and getting into that system. So we need to give him a bit of time. You know, Darcy Jones, another one I, I really love him. Didn't have didn't have a year uh, last year because he missed the entire twenty twenty three with a knee injury. You know, Roston played seven games. We'll get better. You know. Even Riccardi, he's yet to hit his prime, but we saw him break out a little bit last year. Yeah. Um, and guys like Briggsy will have a have a, have a good season. The the two first rounders, James Lake, Phoenix Gothard, I think they'll get games at some point during the year as well. So it's all about sort of just making sure that this next young group of giants come in. They 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 keep they continue building whatever it is they're building over there, and they and they get a, and they get a good run of wins going. Yep. Yeah. I guess that leads into my burning question, Doc, for this GWS team is, um, you know, it's easy to forget with how they finished last season that they were three and seven after 10 rounds and really had to fight their way through the second half of the season. Um, you know, them and Carlton were in a very similar boat uh, and managed to make it there. But I don't think you see that happen twice, Miller. So what do they do to ensure that they do get off to this good start? I'm inclined to say that, it was a little bit of feeling out the ropes with a new coach. Um, obviously, now that we've seen Kingsley's game plan and they all very much seem to be adopting mm. it and playing this orange tsunami football, as they call it, um, I, I think that won't be the same case this year. I, I think I'd want to see the Giants looking at six and four, possibly by that point. By the by, hopefully you, you'd want to be a seven and five sort of record mm. Um, if you're looking at playing finals, because I think the back end of this year is going to be a lot tougher um, than it was once they got that momentum rolling last year. 
Yeah. I think to answer the first part of your question, Kat, the, the way they keep it going is they've got to keep their competitive edge. It's something that I think define, defines them sort of a bit from the competition in terms of I talk about the drive and you see it. You don't just say, well, you know, this team once every two or three weeks, you know, they'll, they'll go to another level. They really do scenario-based and always back themselves in, back their system, back their players and um, comes from self-driving belief. So that's the, that's the way that you can keep your competitive edge. And the big thing as well will be, I think, is is taking – I think the forward line's got to become a little bit more dynamic. Um, I, I want to see – I think Brent Daniels is a great player we've talked about. He's elite. Toby Green's elite. Hogan really showed that he can be elite. So it's just those guys that um, Doc sort of mentioned before. You, you think about Riccardi, he's still got room to get a lot better. Um, we saw Harry Perryman play sort of a bit up the ground as a defensive half forward as well. And um, they liked Peatling in that role also, Toby Bedford. So if these guys can get on the scoreboard more is is a big thing. And it'll just be a matter as well, I think. Their biggest asset in a way as well, Doc, is their midfielders kick goals. Uh, see, Josh Kelly had a career best year in front of the sticks. Tom Green looks like he's worked on it a lot. Didn't have the best year in front of goal, but you can see that he's working his hardest to get sort of those opportunities at least. And Briggsy, I tell you what, uh, he loves a goal sort of in a rough forward situation. So they've got assets in in areas that I think sort of defines them a bit and it's more their work rate than anything. And, yeah, I just think they've just got to keep it rolling in, into this upcoming season. Yeah, well, obviously they've got to get off to a really good start. And I think they've got a really cushy opening, you know, two months. I mean, obviously Collingwood opening round. But after that, they've got North at home. They've got West Coast away. They've got the Suns in Adelaide for gather round. They've, they've got yeah. St Kilda, Carlton, Brisbane, Sydney, and Essendon in the first eight games. If if they can be six and two, if they can get, if they can some win, big, some big games they got to win in there. Doc. Jeez, there it is. <laughs> if they can be six and two, then there's no doubt that you know we are right about where they stand in you know in the AFL. Uh, I think I think it's all, I think it's certainly doable. The Brisbane game is at home. Uh, the 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 Battle of the Bridge or the Sydney Derby, whatever you want to call it, that that's always a 50-50 game. But I always like to hedge my bets on the Giants because they're ruthless. They know how to get the job done. Yep. Um, yeah. So well, the, Green I think, Green said it last year, Doc. Anytime, any place, free smoke wherever you want it. Free smoke wherever you want it. Um, and I tell you what, nobody wants the smoke more than Green Green. Uh, he's he's opening a new smoking lounge, I hear, uh, in Sydney. He's a, the shisha bars are out. Tom Green's smoking lounge is in. <laughs> yes, no, the sh- free shishas on Green Green if they win the, if they win the flag this year. Uh, six and two. I, I, I think I think it's certainly six doable in that first eight in that first eight games. I, I, I think you know the ones that they the one that the ones that I probably don't think they'll win is maybe the Collingwood game, maybe the maybe the Carlton game at home, and possibly uh, possibly the one against Brisbane. They're, they're the three games that I can see them dropping. But six and two is definitely possible. <sighs> All right, uh, breakout players for this year, boys. Uh, I'm going to kick it off and say I love it. I love the Giants' backline, and I think they've been working really, really well together. Um, Connor Iden, I think this year, gents yep. is going to. Uh, take the next step to becoming a real elite, uh, not just a lockdown defender, but also an elite ball user as well. He's very good in all aspects of the game down in the back line. I think Iden, very well-rounded player, but um, I think his one-on-one work will go to another level. Sam Taylor's always the guy everyone looks at down in the back line for locking down the keys, but I think Iden can be just as good. Uh, I'm very, very good on what he can do this year. 
Miller, and I think he's the guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole league will be keeping an eye on him, Cat, because he's that bloody good. Uh, um, probably their player of the final series in some respects. So that's a great shout. I'm going to go really off the beat and go with a guy that I think is going to break into the 22, Connor Stone. I think he's a really yes. good player. Um, was taken pick 15, I believe, in 2020. So yep. he's had injuries that have hurt his career. He's 21 years old. He hasn't even played 10 games yet. But there's natural talent oozing from this guy. Um, I saw it, you know, when he was playing at St. Kevin's College for the Oakley Chargers as well. You know, he, he saw his juniors, and I think that this guy is going to make a difference. And he's a lively small forward, dynamic, creative, um, can play some midfield wing time as well. Um, I think he's a guy who's going to have a really strong season come 2024. So he's my breakout player um, going into the year. Jeez, I don't mind that. I've got to watch this space on Aaron Cadman. Um, oh, here I it think, is. I don't know what he'll bring in 2024. I do know that Cam Mooney was recently appointed as a specialist coach for the key position players at GWS. Uh, and. Talk. And we, we know we know what Cam Mooney can do. You know, yes, he yes he's had his stinkers, but he's also won three flags at the Cats. Um, uh, he, he's he's a guy that apparently the you know the Giants have really loved really loved uh, this off season. He's he signed a extended his contract as well up until the end of twenty twenty six as well. So there's definitely you know good faith in the Giants that he's going to produce at some point, yeah. whether it's whether it's going to be this year or next or the year even the year after that. Um, that's a that's a watch this space one. Uh, if we're talking about in 2024, oh, it, it's tough. I, I'd like to see Ryan Angwin. I, I think he oh, was yes. really was really really good for them at Patches uh, last year. Played 15 games of a possible 24, 25, 25. Um, so I think he's he's possible. He's he's one. Oh, sorry, 26. 15 of a possible 26, and he's yeah, he's like Connor Stone. He was in that same draft class as well. They were pretty much bandied together uh, from 2020. But <laughs> he's a guy that I can see possibly running on the outside, being as a half forward wing type operator. Um, and I think you give him you give him a little bit more time because we know Finn Callahan's probably gonna, at some point going to try and weasel his way into the midfield. Um, he, I just think he's, I just think this guy's right there. He's got a good tank. He can run. He can use the ball. Okay, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna play about twenty games this year. Bang! I like Jeez. that. Good call, Doc. No, very good, boys. Uh, some interesting names being thrown out there. I like it. I like it. Uh, this is where I think we might get a bit controversial. Hopefully not. Deciding oh. the position for the Giants. This is very, very hard for me because I, I'm. I, I I feel what you're saying, Doc, with the the start. I think. You're right that they can get off to a good start if everything goes their way, but I just I eye off some of these games. Collingwood, you know, the Suns are oh, it is gathered around, they're not at home, but I don't think the Suns are gonna be pushover. Saints aren't gonna be pushover either. Carlton, Brisbane, Sydney, that's a hard run three weeks in a row. I think everything sort of went right for the Giants in the second half of the season last year. And yes, like I said, Kingsley's game plan is very, very good. But I don't think it would take much to derail their season. Briggs, he's been doing great. I think I look at their ruck stocks and uh, Matty Flynn's just left. Lockie Keefe was playing as the second ruck for most of last year. Uh, I don't know if I love that there. Um, I think there's guys to step up in the forward line, but whether Hogan can play like he did again, whether Riccardi can play like he did again, I still don't have full faith in those guys. 
um, at the moment. So I'm going to have them just missing finals. I'm going to say a ninth or tenth place for the Giants. There's just oh. other teams which I see moving up around them, unfortunately. <sighs> That's fair. Yeah, look. That's fair. They do have a tough fixture. I mean, they do play 10, 10 games against sides in the top eight last year. Double ups against Brisbane, Carlton, the Suns, who we expect will improve, Hawthorne, who we expect will improve, Sydney and the Bulldogs. So I think they get maybe what, if they even get 50% of that, I think they're doing well. Um, it's hard, Doc. It's very hard. It, very hard. Very, very hard. I think, look, I don't think they'll be top four. Not not yet anyway. I think what we'll see is a small regression of uh, of, of the Giants because of their, 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 their younger kids. They're still trying to figure themselves out under the system. You know, 14th uh, ranked team in the comp for on average experience. Um, so... There's still a bit to be said about you know those guys that are still trying to find their feet in the system. We know that we know the we know the old guys are going to turn up every week, but I just think you know maybe a little step back. I think they'll play finals still. I've got them in the bottom half of the top eight, roughly. Um, you know anywhere between six and ten, like you said, Cat. I think they'll be uh, they'll be thereabouts again. Yeah, look, I I'm understanding of what's been said. I agree. I think that this the, the team... The rice will stay on the table. The rice will stay on the table. <laughs> I think it's just, it's that thing where, you know, are they going to tip back the other way a little bit? Yes and no. I think the Giants could do anything, really. They could finish fifth. They could finish top four. I do personally have them pretty much seven to ninth. So around the bracket I had them last year. I, I think the big <laughs> thing will be is just, you know, can they find more improvement again from the young players. That That's going to be the key because they got a lot out of a lot of good players last year and it's just going to be a matter of if they continue it. And I think they can. I mean, Kingsley's a great coach, so there's no reason why the Giants can push for top four, but I, I think that they'll finish between that sort of seven to nine, ten mark. Yeah. There you go. All right. That is our predictions and our preview for the GWS Giants for 2024. We've got 16 more teams to cover here on A3. Stick with us through the whole pre-season. Plenty more to discuss. Our next season preview for 2024. This is a team that's going to have plenty of eyes on them in 2024. And that is the Gold Coast Suns, Alex Miller. Uh, it's a move which is very, very close to your heart. And I'm sorry that I have to throw it over to you first here, but... Uh, Dimmer becoming the coach of the Suns is going to be uh, it's going to be looked at every single week for this entire season. We know that it's going to be headlines from round one when the Suns are playing the Tigers. But gee whiz, it sets them up for a pretty exciting season after what we thought, considering they ended up finishing fifteenth with a really disappointing end to last year, um, could have been a hell of a lot better. Absolutely, Kat. It was a weird year for the Suns. I mean, I, I think the off season has worked well. They've drafted well. Um, they got Dimmer, piss off. So. They have done well, I think, in terms of setting up for this year. The end of last year, as you, as you said, very disappointing. They started the year looking like a team that really could do anything. Um, and then they said, we don't want to do anything except sack our coach uh, because he's, you know, we don't like him. We want someone else. And they got their wish. And look, there's a lot of pressure now on the list, I think, more than anything because Dimmer's had a little bit of a clear out um, in some respects, started with some fresh faces in new places. And, um, it's going to be a matter of I, – I, I personally think 
it's going to be feeling out year for the Suns. I know a lot of people are pretty high on them, but I, I think it's going to take a year or two, Doc, to at least get some game plan, let alone style under Dimmer and his uh, mischievous ways. Well, last time we saw the Suns, uh, they got flogged by North Melbourne, who couldn't buy a win for most of the most of the year. Uh, so, they, look, there's definitely going to be a lot of pressure. I mean, I thought the um, the, the, the sacking of Stuart Dew was a bit unfair in a respect. I think he still had a year to go on his contract or something like that. Yeah. He still, maybe a few years, but you know, obviously Damien Hardwick. You know, the resume speaks for itself. You know, he's a three-time premiership coach. You know, very established player, premiership player as well. So. Um, obviously, success goes where he goes usually, so a lot of expectation. But you know, it's it, it is a burning question and one I'll keep uh, in the back pocket for later on in the review. But um, nine wins though is yeah. Look, they, they they were impressive early, and but they just sort of didn't have that consistency. No. And you need to and we we need to figure out where this sun side is at. I mean, seven and four at home. We knew that they play a very good brand of footy at Metricon or Heritage Bank or, you know, Yahoo Stadium, whatever it's called now. Um, but their away record was among the among some of the worst in the competition. Yeah. You know, only two, two, two wins in 10 losses away from home. Only North Melbourne and West Coast had, had a worse away record. So nailing that's going to be important for me this year. Uh, and I think... You know, as long as David Hardwick doesn't preach that he hates Marvel or anything like that, I think he'll be okay. The Suns will be okay. Um, but, look, I think on paper you look at the list and the list is actually looking pretty nice, all things considered. Yep. Yeah. With with more young talent added once again this year, Miller as well, which it never seems to stop coming up on the Gold Coast, especially out of their academy. Uh, very disappointing news that Jed Walters is going to be missing a good chunk of the Remainder of the preseason, Pracky games, and the start of the season with a broken collarbone. Bloody poor bloke. Got a feel for yeah. him. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to be most interested looking at early doors, how the 22 looks and, and what role some of these guys were playing. We saw, I guess, last year a little bit of a shift around um, with a few of these players. Guys like Darcy McPherson moving to half back, Ben Ainsworth maybe finally getting that balance between midfield and forward and, and looking not bad at it. Sam Flanders playing a bigger role. Um, Brad Fiorini having to come to the team and get back into the midfield when um, Tuke Miller was injured. Um, and there's a few more guys that got sort of moved around. Mac Andrews starting to take strides in the back line. Um, I'm curious to see what Dimmer does with a lot of these guys that maybe showed where their best footy is. Jack Lukosh is another one um, playing full-time forward again last year. Um, and what he sees and, and where he wants them to play. Because as far as I'm concerned, it might be like Kingsley the Giants last year. We might not know until round 10 how this team's really looking under Dimmer. Yep, that's a great call, Kat. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think it'd be a bit of feeling out for a lot of players, you know, what type of defined roles they get. Connor Budrick is one that's got to walk back in the 22. I know Dimmer loves him. It's very high on him. Tried to get into Richmond during a trade period, I think, two years ago, or he may have been three. Um, Malcolm Roses, you know, found some form towards the back end of the year. They like him. Um, Oscar Falkett, holy Falkett, he's a he's a big boy. They like the, they like him. Um, he's he's really got something. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the most exciting thing, as you sort of mentioned there, Cat, is when a new coach comes in, everyone feels like you know they're a chance to get into the twenty-two. And really, in some respect, there's probably a handful of players that spots are safe. You know, you think about Ben King, Took Miller, Witsy, Noah Anderson, Ballard, and then a lot of other spots are almost up for grabs. So. 
it creates good, healthy competitions on loose. You can we saw that last year with the eventual premiers. They had bloody the rotisserie chicken of new players coming in each week. So, um, I, I think that the Suns it'll be a real feeling out year. Um, but they've got some great talent that I think can kick on more than anything, which sort of is. It's going to be a bit sort of. I think, as you said, Cat Ran Ten. It's a bit, going to be untapped their year in a bit because what what is their expectations in a way? I don't really know how to assess them going into this year if they if they should make the eight, if they should finish top ten, um, or it doesn't matter. I, I don't really know what to think about the Suns. Yeah, it's a hard uh, one, Doc. With this, sorry, go on, Doc. With this, yeah, no, teams a hard one to know where they sit, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think I might have said this last year when they appointed Dimmer Hardwick. I mean, it's going to be, I think a lot of external uh, expectation is going to be, you know, he's a great coach, you know, he's and the Suns are a side that's almost ready to go. Uh, you know, they need to make finals next year. I'm not as sort of, I'm not as on that wagon as as, as many other people might. might. I think they, like, like you boys have said, and like we've said about Adam Kingsley in the GWS preview is that I think they're going to, they're going to, he's going to take some time to feel out this team and figure out where the pieces are going to go because it's still a lot of these players are still quite young and into their into their football careers. I mean, we saw yep. some of the best of Sam Flanders last year, the back end of the year. We know our we know our man out of Moe, Bailey Humper. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be uh, looking like a looking like a million bucks on, on in the midfield this year, I think. Um, and as well, the, the academy kids. We know Walter's going to miss early doors, of course. But Jake Rogers is someone who's got high uh, you know high high tickets. Uh, you know, Ethan Reed, a lot of people on the Gold Coast saying he's got a lot of unique capabilities. I hate using the term unicorn player, but a lot of <laughs> but, it, but if there ever but if there ever was a unicorn player, Ethan Reed would probably be close to the mark. Mm. Um, such as his talent. You know, Matty Rao still twenty two, Noah Anderson twenty three, had a career best year last year. Luco, Ben King, you know, Will Powell, Charlie Ballard, they're all still under twenty five. So you know, there's still like a lot of, you know, this core talent that their best football is still ahead of them. And uh, and I think we'll we'll see a lot of questions asked about guys like like a Sam Day fit, if uh, of Jared Witts of David Swallow. We know uh, we know the history Dimmers had with Brandon Ellis Miller. Um, what he does with him will be interesting. I'm sure. Uh, um, <laughs> and and as well, Tuke Miller. You know, having a you know he he had a very interrupted preseason last year. This time last year, so he's fully fit. He'll mm. he'll. He'll pretty much go back to normal, you know, pre, uh, you know, in twenty, yeah, the twenty twenty two Tuke Miller uh, for mine. Um, but yeah, it's sort of just figuring out what, what you know where these players can be, you know, un, under the dimmer system. Yeah, absolutely. On that note, Doc, I understand you've got the burning question for us for Ooh. the Gold Coast Suns. Yes, well, given everything that we have just talked about, you know, the young players at their disposal, um, you know, I've got it here that. They're they're 10th ranked in the comp in terms of experience. They, you know, players average, you know, they've got an average of about 69 games per player. Uh, Average age is, you know, probably a year away from being in the, you know, real premiership bracket. They're, you know, 24 uh, 24 years old per player, ranked ninth in the comp. But what is the pass mark for Dimmer this year? You know, know, internally, they'd, they'd be wanting finals, but I don't think... And I think they'll be pushing, but I think it's a bit 
unfair to give him, you know, it's almost like a bit St Kilda-esque in terms of, you know, the expectation is, okay, you must, play fi- you must play finals. We've got a good <laughs> you list. You must play finals. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, think, um, yeah. In terms when, when of... That, sorry, Josh. Sorry, uh, sorry, I was just going to say, in terms of wins, I think, mm. you know, roughly between, we know they got nine. I think they need to go above 11 this year. Yeah. Uh, I could see around a 12 wins sort of mark for Gold Coast. And I think that'll keep them just out of finals. Um, and I think that's probably where I'll end up saying they'll be around for finishing this year. But it's consistency, Miller, for me. And I, I know I've spoken about it for a few teams, but Gold Coast have basically the past four or five years started strongly looked promising and then after the bye they just fall into an absolute pit um, and can't get out of it uh, and Dimmer I don't think will stand for that <laughs> I don't think he'll let that happen uh, this no. club this year so uh, even if they're sitting you know five and seven halfway through the year and they win more and that half after the halfway mark but don't quite make finals I think when you compare them to the Giants of last year who were very had a very uh, continuous team you know, under Leon for such a long time. Um, obviously, there were new guys coming in, but the Suns have been so interrupted for so long and um, players leaving and new guys coming in. And um, I think this is where that sort of starts. I think next year is final. I think this year is just building that. And I don't think there should be an expectation that they make final. I think externally there will be, but internally I don't think that that's a pass or fail this year. Yep. No, I agree 100% with everything you said, Kat. I, I think the simplest way I could put the pass mark is they've got to win more games than they did this year because if you don't, then <laughs> what's everything for? I mean, you've taken a step backwards in some respects. You've given your coach the uh, millionaire mansion and, and all the money and he's given you sweet FA. So they have to win more than nine games. Um, that's clear. They don't. They're, they're basically locking themselves in the bottom four again. Correct. Um, so that's the big thing as well. So I, I'm like you, Doc. I like that sort of 11 mark. It sounds pretty safe. Um, the big thing will be, yeah, just how much Dimmer can... The big thing will be, because I, I think Dimmer is good at with young players and he'll develop, develop the young folk easily. The difference will be with the top-end talent. I think particularly being in... Um, a setup that you're comfortable with for a long time. You know the top-end talent pretty well. You know their limitations. You know what they excel at. And I'm not saying Dimmer doesn't know what Took Miller's good at, for example, or Jared Witts, but I'm saying that knowing what sort of their their breaking point is in a game and you yeah. know how, how much can they do at, in this third quarter when we're down by 20, you know, because what Took Miller – can do and what Dusty can do, they do a lot of things similar, but they do things at different levels at different times, for example. So I think that will be the big thing that Dimmer will just have to get used to. And, and like Kat, I think it'll definitely be a year of sort of learning and next year will be the pressure on. But yeah, they just, the a pass mark for me is winning more than nine games. And I think 11 sounds pretty good because if you don't, then you're fucked up and sack poor Stewart for nothing. <laughs> I, th- I think it's got to be 12, at least 12. And 12 usually gets you to finals or it puts you on the periphery of finals. And I think mm. they probably want, you know, at worst, they'll probably want to be in the periphery of finals and, and really push themselves in 2025. Top you know, 12, 12, really, Doc? Yeah, 12 wins. It's, it's got to be in the mix. It's got to be in the mix yeah. for sure. The Suns. Yeah, if, they're, if they're not, that's when I'm saying uh, something is 
<laughs> it's not looking good at this dimmer point. Dimmer out. That's what we're saying. Uh, yeah, dimmer out. Uh, Stuffing. <laughs> well, well, if he doesn't whinge and is you know less grumpy <laughs> than he was for the first half of last year, then I think they're a good chance. <laughs> I'll stop you there, Doc. Uh, if he doesn't whinge, and so it won't happen because uh, he loves so, it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed whinging uh, even up on the sunny Gold Coast. <laughs> uh, breakout players for this season, boys. It's an interesting one with the Suns because there's so many of these young guys that feel like they uh, really should be taking the next step. And sometimes they do and sometimes they sort of fade out into nothing. Um, the guy I'm going to look at is Joel Jeffrey, gentlemen. Um, got offered a very big deal at the end of last season. Got the four years um, to lock him down at the Suns for the near future and I think that it's because uh, they've seen a fair bit in him and what he can um, achieve uh, with this team so look I think if he can lock down a spot in the forward line which I think is very possible um, I think Dimmer likes the sort of player that Jeffrey is he cracks in um, he's obviously had his, his injury issues but um, I think he will definitely be playing significantly more than seven games this year um, and I think he's got a chance to really establish himself as a part of this team Miller Forward, cat, or what yeah, are you saying? Got to be forward. Yeah. Got to be forward. I think he's uh, he's got natural uh, forward talent about him. So get him in there. Keep him there. Yep. I like it. Great shout. Um, I'm with that. I- I'm looking at a guy also part of the forward line, uh, Malcolm Roses, boys. Played 19 games, most he's ever played, but also, more importantly, kicked 19 goals, which is a career high for a season. So a goal a game, pretty decent. Looked lively. Had games where he could have kicked bags, missed, missed multiple um, opportunities, but to have 19 goals, 17, so you know, 36 scoring shots is really positive. And I think he's a guy who's in a great spot, still only 22. We've sh- shown that he's classy when it's on the deck, got a good set of hands as well for someone 180 centimeters. So I really like him. I think he's someone that fits Dimmer's style really well. Um, reminds me of Castagna in a way where a sort of a marking, sort of small player who can do something on the ground. Um, I really like his sort of role that could be defined in the team more than anything. So I, I've got him breaking out in, in 2024. Yeah, not, not, nice. I think they're very good options. Uh, I think there's a lot of players that can really break out. I think, you know, Sam Flanders, we saw his last 10 games or so in 2023. You know, Humper was quite nice. Um, you know, but I think, and I think I watched this space as well on Butterick. I think there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of people comparing, comparing him to Liam Baker in, in terms of his running power and ability to use the footy. And I mean, it's not a bad comparison, but you know, call the jets. He's only played maybe what handful of games. So, um, but Mac Andrews one, I'm really, really big on boys. I think he oh, really yes. showed back into, back into last year, just how important he is as a, as a third string defender. I mean, still. A lot of a lot of time to work on his body, but you know, seventeen games in twenty twenty three, and I think you know, right towards the back end of that year, we started to see him be, be a little bit more comfortable in terms of being able to pick off uh, when to move and when to intercept, and showing those you know great marking hands that a lot of people back in twenty twenty one rated so highly. It was why he was taken pick five because he has the athleticism, got height, he's got the you know a lot of massive scope to be you know anything in this competition. So. Um, the Suns really like really like him as a third tall, and I and I like it because you know you can't can't exactly push out a, a two hundred centimeter bloke out of the way, you know, even if he is as thin as Mac Andrews. So um, I think he's he's going to be one to break out this year. I think he's going to provide a lot of relief to uh, to Sam Collins and the crew down back. 
Yep, I agree. Daddy Mac for 2024. Bring him on. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, Daddy Mac, Mac, Mayor of the Gold Coast, vote one. <laughs> uh, and just a finishing position as well, gents. Uh, I'm going to say similar to the Giants. I think that around 10th, 11th mark for the Suns. I think they'll get close, but this year will not be the year. It's next year. 2025, here come the Suns. Yeah, I like that cat on, on that train. Sort of got them between 13th and 11th for mine. Um, as long as they win more than nine games, it's it's a pass. So, yeah, that's where I've got them. Yeah, well, they play uh, uh, the bottom 10 teams 13 times this year and five times against the bottom four. So they'll have double-ups against uh, North Melbourne, uh, West Coast, Richmond. Um, so that's probably, you know, five, six wins uh, yeah. there, right, right there. Yeah. Uh, Essendon, you probably suspect they'll get one at home. Um, yeah, GWS, and then yeah, <laughs> sorry, cat, sorry, cat. Uh, I just don't think your team's that good. Um, <laughs> GW, and they also play GWS and Brisbane, so it's okay. I don't rate my team either. Um, so <laughs> look, I, I don't think they'll win. I don't think they'll play finals, but I think they'll be right on the periphery, as I sort of expect in 2023 It'd be amazing if they did really really sets the precedent for uh beyond in the dimmy years but um i think they'll win between 10 and 12 games. yep there you go all right that is the season preview for the gold coast stuns stick with us at a3 plenty more teams come 15 of them in fact to preview this off season just keeps going we're nearly there though Next up on the season previews at the A3 Footy Podcast. I've <sighs> not been looking forward to this one. We're talking about the Essendon Football Club. I don't look forward to it any year, Alex Miller. <laughs> and a, an up and down, mostly down season for my boys last year. Started out promising. Um, it, it really did under news coach Brad Scott, but uh, very quickly fell apart with various injuries, uh, just playing like general shit. Um, and we are where we are now, coming into our second season under Scott. Uh, expectations are a bit all over the place for mine. Now, I don't know where you go after finishing 11th. It's a weird mm. place. Um, I'm actually surprised we won 11 games, to be honest. I, I thought we won less last year. But that said, um, I think it's hopefully a season where it's a bit of a fresh slate, I think. Last year was a good start under Scott, but this year... Um, I think it's it's a season of opportunity. I'm going to be optimistic. Yeah, look, I like that cat. I've got to, the first thing I'm going to say is I think Brad's got to tick. I think Brad, he's done a great job with some new ideas, creative thoughts, playing players in a different position. Um, Essendon players aren't uh, sorry. Essendon supporters aren't used to that. Um, seeing players play multiple roles, it is nice. It is normal. Um, so I've liked that Brad's brought some fresh ideas. I, I think that what we saw last year is a lot of players take big steps. Annie McGrath went to the elite category, in my opinion. Darcy Parrish took another big step. Kyle Langford went to another level. Um, Zach Merritt went to a level not just with his play, but you'll speak to it, Cat, I'm sure, later, is a leader level. I think a lot mm. of people question Zach Merritt becoming the captain, and I think that he showed why. Um, and I think that Archie Perkins had a really strong year as well. Um, they got a lot out of the players that they expected to. Um, Redmond as well. I, I think the big thing will be into 2024 with the young heads. You know, hopefully they can kick on and, and bring big things because um, there's a lot of talent on that list over recent draft years that just haven't um, had that go due to mainly injury and opportunity and whatnot. So sometimes they fold of their own. But 
I think there's some good heads in there, Doc, that could do some damage this year. Um, more, more for personally, you know, getting those opportunities and, and showing what they can do at the AFL level more than anything. Yeah, well, we saw, you know, it was it was promising in the first half of the Bombers, Cat. I mean, they're eight and five after round thirteen, and then they only won three games after that. So, I think there there is a big precedence in you know what Brad Scott's trying to do with the team and. We saw they had a massive offseason. They they really put their chips on the table, you know, free agency mostly. But that's where you want to be for a side like Essendon who are middle of the road and they want to try and, you know, get you know, go from the ground up and, and bring in these guys. And a lot of them bring experience too. I mean, you know, your, your Todd Goldstein will you know, provide, you know, able backup for, for Draper and probably get probably play full games as well because Draper gets hurt a lot. Um, so you know, so Drake will be, he'll probably be touching go for the start of the season. So uh, up you come, Toddy. <laughs> yep, no, step, step on up. This, that's why he's there. And and it also gives Draper another, you know, a couple of years to learn about ruck craft and, you know, you can, you know, can really get some valuable experience off of Toddy. And as well, you know, guys like Gresham and Ben Mackay really fill needs, you know, across the half forward and back lines respectively. So, you know, you've really worked hard on what you've, what your deficiencies were uh, last year, and I think they've they've come back, and I think there's a lot of you know the, probably the only one who's really struggling with injuries, Jake Stringer. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> no, Harry Jones, you can throw into that pile as well, Doc. Oh yeah, Harry Jones as well, but you know we don't care. Um, he's. <laughs> but look, but other than that, you know, the young guns are up and about. You know, Sarkis has had a, has had a clean preseason, which is great. Uh, I thought he played really well in the last month of uh, 2023. You know, Nate Caddy looks good. Zach Reed having a healthy preseason as well. You need those sort of guys to come in and, and mm. help as well. And if you, you can put, if you can keep it all together for a long period of time this season, then, you know, the sky's almost the limit for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think a big part of the season as well, Miller, is going to be Scott finding the balance between blooding these young guys and, and getting these new older experienced recruits in, which has been a bit of a problem at Essendon for the better part of the last uh, six years or so. Uh, recruit aggressively in the off-season, and then uh, these kids don't get their chances. Guys like um, Sardis, I think, need to find a way to fit into the team. Um, Nick Cox, a very big year for him, whether he stays on the list, basically, or not at this point. Um, and then, you know, we've got the young group that we brought in. I expect guys like Caddy to be playing every game, but... Yeah. Um, I want to see Llewellyn and Roberts feature at some point throughout the year too. So um, how that gets balanced, that not only selection, but in a game plan sense as well. Dersman's got a slot in too. I think he comes onto a win um, for us. But um, it's an interesting group of players to try and fit into 22. Well, I was going to say, it's an interesting list, cap when you look at it. There's lots of players that are in spots where you look at their age and what position they're in and there's a young player usually in that spot you know hot on their heels think about laverde's role you know uh zach reed who we talked about they want to get him in there um mac guelph a guy they want to have in the 22 most weeks tex wanganang they're really high on but they just they just can't slot him in anywhere um so they've got players that are going to be knocking on the door um and which is a, again a good thing to have uh, I think they recruited well. I think Gresham is going to add something different to a to the forward line and midfield, hopefully. Um, sort of a different sort of a gear in a way where he can go to sort of that, another speed. 
They probably should have traded off Dylan Shield, but here he still remains with his fat uh, paycheck, so he doesn't care. <laughs> um, Dersmer had something definitely on the outside, I think, as well, and Ben Mackay. A lot of people talking shit about Ben Mackay. Look, I think he had a terrible year last year, there's no doubt about it, but if you move that away... Yes, that's right. I was going to say, if you look at his preseason and his injuries and whatnot, um, and you look at his career before that, Doc, Ben Mackay's been a great defender. You know, There's no doubt that you know last year was a struggle, and... The immediate things that people say is, well, he's not worth the money he's on. But I think Essendon, and I will give them credit for this, they haven't invested on what they saw last year. I think they've invested on what they've seen on his career, and, and rightly so, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And as we said, we've seen uh, many games last year where the key forwards got absolutely had their way with the Essendon back line. And I think a guy like Ben Mackay will definitely help you know, sort yeah. of quell that. He's not going to be the answer but I think he's going to be part of the solution into sort of helping, you know, guys like Tom Hawkins, you know, stop having them from having, you know, eight goal games and, you know, just completely, it, it just adds, it just adds another dynamic and allow, allow Laverde to sort of, you know, play a little bit looser. We know Jordan Ridley's better as a, as a third tall at times the last couple of years, he's had to play, you know, man on man, but, you know, it just it helps the dynamic a lot, Cap. Yeah, I think so, and I'm very excited to see how uh, Big Ben Mackay goes down in the back line. Uh, I think as well when it comes to expectations of, of how the team sort of lines up, whether these stopgap guys are getting too many games, I feel like if uh, someone like Sam Wiedemann doesn't need to be in the team <laughs> with the way he showed up last year, uh, don't put him in there. Similar, guys like Jay Kelly, um, I think if, if you see young guys like Luol performing well, um, in the twos, whether Baldwin can come on as a defender, um, I think that they've got to be looking at spots as well, and that's what I talk about with the the balance between um, the the youth experience and these guys that have just been brought in. But um, in terms of burning question um, for for my group, I think the backline Miller is is where the burning question question is right now. Is Ben Mackay enough to to fix what was a very struggling backline last year? Um, and a backline that really has been without uh, a full back and a proper one-on-one key defender for yeah. quite some time now. Uh, and I think that ties into really, you know, the recruitment and um, what the mix is going to be like down there. Yeah, look, it, to me, Kat, the question can be answered in yes and no. I think Ben McKay is a plus. Definitely will help the backline for lots of reasons, as you've just said. Um it doesn't mean that the Essendon's going to turn into a top four ranked defence, and I don't think anyone's expecting that. Uh, not even James Hurd. So I think that the the main thing will be is that Ben just has a better year than last year, and I think he will. I think as as me and Doc mentioned, the interrupted preseason and stuff didn't help him, but also. You can imagine, as any normal human would be, when your future and your career is um, sort of in in limbo in some respects, you know, how much money you're going to make next year or where you're going to end up. It can you know play with people's minds. Some people um, can respond really well and some don't. And obviously, uh, I personally don't think he did uh, a great job <laughs> responding to it. But again, I, I think that Ben McKay is a good player and he'll definitely add something for sure. So... All in all, I think the recruiting has been pretty positive as we've all wrapped up. I think, you know, going into the offseason and the draft as well, more, more importantly, I think that they're two big ticks for us and then heading into 2024 for sure. I think I think it could be summed up with, you know, maybe one sort of key element there. You t- you, you're taking out Brandon Zirk Thatcher last year and you're putting in Ben Mackay. 
is that an improvement? Yes. The answer is the answer is yes. Uh, in you know we know Zerk tries and you know God bless him, but he's just not <laughs> built for the behemoths. Um, I think he, he's he's much better off as a second string tall. Play him as a third tall if you want, but you know Ben Mackay is that guy. He, he's that guy that's going to yep. go one on one with the Tom Hawkins types, with the uh, you know the Jesse Hogan types, you know, the Aaron Norton types. Get get him get him going on on those sort of guys, and I think that helps a lot. I yep. think you know who's who have you got as your smalls? You know you got players there that can move the ball out. You know Heppel played well there at halfback, and you know guys like you know Hind can do that as well at times. And, and yeah, oh, he's, he's one I don't want to see anywhere near the team if he doesn't have to as well. <laughs> Red, well, Redmond and McGrath were your two big movers off a half back, and we know McGrath can play one on one as well as a small defender. <laughs> Fucking so, get him and, off. <sighs> <laughs> um, and as well, Nick Martin touted to, uh, to move across half back as well. Oh, I don't so, like that idea. Sorry, personally. Yeah, um, I'm not huge. Well, not huge into it. Yeah, well, no, I'm not. I'm, not exactly huge into it either. I mean, I'm happy with Martin and, and Dersmer as your two wingers and, and just let them run. You know, they're going they're gonna, to they're gonna be prime connectors. They know where to get the ball and they know where to, right. how to move it. Yeah. You know, get get them on the wing and, and get them delivering to the forwards because that, that's what that's yeah. that's where they're good at, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, speaking of players you don't want anywhere near it, I don't know. Is Jake Stringer have a spot in this 23, uh, Jat, or...? <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, he's got to, I think, at his best. Now, and he is on a contract year, and as we know, Jake Stringer turns superhuman. When he's oh, he, lo- he loves a contract year, doesn't he, Cat? Uh, um, I mean, look, this is really his last chance, isn't it? If he's if he can't stay fit, if his body's cooked, if he can't perform on field, you'd have to say the club says, well, you know what, mate, you're not worth much for us anymore. Um, it's over to North Melbourne for you. <laughs> Him and Shield, I think, have got to either prove that they can be still valuable contributors this year or ship off, unfortunately, <laughs> um, which is why I say it's a year of opportunity. We're going to find out what some of these players are made of, I think. And on that note, breakout players, boys, for this year. Um, I'm going to go to our midfield. I've spoken a fair bit about our back line, um, but in the midfield, Ben Hobbs, I think, Miller is yes, just a opportunity to come on this year like... We saw those games when he was looked to as one of the number one clearance options, and he, he shined. He absolutely shined. Um, he played the 18 games last year. I thought he was fantastic in um, most of them. His tackling numbers were great. His clearance numbers were really good too for a guy who wasn't a number one starting choice in the centre bounce all game yep. long um, for some of those. So I think with more opportunity in there, and I think we'll see the rotations a little bit different this year, um, I think he's got a chance to, to come along and really prove that um, this is why we drafted him so high. Couldn't agree anymore. Cat, I, I love the shout. We love Ben Hobbs here at A3. And there was games where he tried to win it off his own boot. You know, he was playing forward, um, was dominating. And we were all saying, I remember in the group chat a few games, you know, he needs to go in the midfield, but he was saving the game as a forward. So I really think that, you know, he's a great player that adds something. I'm looking at a different option. You mentioned him before, Cat. Um, I'm I'm pretty still high on this guy, Nick Cox. Um I still don't know where his best position is, but one thing I do know is that he's a good player. Um, he's only 22 years old. He's a lengthy operator. Uh, reminds me of a local giraffe at a zoo. Um, but more importantly, I think he has got some great football ability, can mark it well, move the ball well. 
He's built like a spaghetti string is the big issue and his body is letting down, unfortunately. Probably no fault of his own, you know, a couple of a couple of times, you know. Drafted in 2020 um, and played 33 games. So that's not enough. But when he's fit, I think he adds something different to, to Essendon that they don't have. And I think that that's what they need. And what I saw last year from guys playing different roles, we saw Durham, you know, ex- go for greatness as a bloody winger, turn into one of the better players. We saw... Redmond being used as one of the best halfbacks, I reckon, in the comp, you know, top 10 definitely. So if they can get Nick Cox in a spot where he can do some damage, which I think they can, I think he'll have a big season uh, for the Dons in 24 for sure. I think, I think first first of all, you know, he's got good company there with Kate Sheeler in terms of the Giraffe Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> lengthy operators, very, very good. But I think his end game, uh, Nick Cox, is as a winger. Uh, just, yeah. to, you know, 200 centimetres can really run. You know, very, you know, he almost makes it look effortless at times in how he moves. Um, he just needs to get on the park. And, he, and even and even then, you know, get him across half forward, be the connected bloke for, for a year or two and then transition back into a, in, into as a midfielder. I think that's where I think that's where his best position is. Um, for my one, I mean, look, low-hanging fruit would definitely be guys like Zach Reed or Elijah Sartis, who I think are, you know, best 22 players if fit. Um but I'm going to go a guy who's only played 62 games, but he's looked really, really good over the last couple of seasons. That's Archie Perkins, boys. Yes, yeah, um, Come on, Archie. I haven't talked about him much, but, you know, he's just quietly chugging along. You know, he's played 62 games for the Don since being drafted uh, in 2020. Uh, but, yeah, and a lot, of the, a lot of the time he has been across as that half-forward bloke and really he almost has those – I don't want to say – I don't want to compare him to Dusty Martin because Dusty's <laughs> – but he has the strength and he has the body and the power to really shake off the mid-sized defenders, and he's got the endurance abilities to really shake off the the tall blo- the taller blokes. He's a, he's a, he's a he's a size there at one eighty five, and he, but he just moves so well, and he's got great strength. And there's a guy there we know Hobbsy's going to we know Hobbsy's a, a, a lovely player in on the inside, but they've got another guy there in Perkins who's just as good, maybe better. Yep. Um, and I think uh, you know we, we're we're about to see we're about to see another. You know, he's going to take another step this year. I don't think he'll get to, to the elite categories this year, but you know he averaged he averaged about you know fifteen disposals and and kicked eighteen thirteen as a as a as a forward mid. So I think if he can really push himself up to the twenty disposal range this year, I think we'll be uh, we'll be cooking with gas with uh, with Archibald this uh, this season. <laughs> Oh, very exciting, Doc. Uh, oh, I like the sound of that. I do love Archie, and I really hope he kicks on uh, this season. No good calls, boys. All guys I'd love to see step up this season and really make a difference for us. But uh takes us to our ladder predictions. It's hard. I feel like I've said the same thing for the last few teams, but uh, I think I don't think we're quite good enough with those top eight teams to make it to finals this year. I think if we do, it'll be a 7th, 8th unconvincing loss once again. Um, but this year is going to be a lot to figure out, I think, with the team, with where all these guys fit, the futures of some of the older guys and the younger guys alike. Um, I'm going to say an 11th sort of range. I think, I'd, I'd hope we could win about 12 games. I think it'll be harder to get into the eight this year than it was last year. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to see just more consistency, less eight and five by round 13. And if we're even through both halves of the season, I'd be happy with that. Just consistent performances throughout, not getting blown out by 100 plus. To the Giants <laughs> in the second last round, hopefully, um, and just being respectable in every single game we play, I think. So, 
it's around where I think uh, we'll we'll look at this year, Miller. Yeah, yeah, I like that cat. I'm sort of looking between eleventh to fourteenth, fourteenth sort of range. So if they can get it sorted more than anything in terms of fit players, you know, Essendon want to get their best team on the park. We haven't seen, I don't think, their their fully best list. There's always been a guy or two out. And I know that sounds a bit stupid because not every team does that, but I think more for development than anything for Essendon is what you want to see is those young guys be able to play with those other experienced heads. You know, we talked about, you know, um, Reid wanting to play with Mackay so he can learn and, you know, Perkins to be able to play with, albeit Jake Stringer, to learn some of those high-bit qualities. And um, because we've sort of seen the passing of the torch with the the Heppel to sort of merit Parrish thing, I think, in some respects, um, but we haven't seen that in those other positions. So if those young players can learn from those great, leaders that I think they've got in the team, um, then they could do anything. But you'll be, as you said, Kat, I think a year of feeling out and learning more than anything. So it'll be an interesting season ahead for the Dons for sure. Yeah, their fixture is a bit interesting, isn't it? I mean, they they mm. play they play uh, the bottom four teams six times throughout the year. They play the Gold Coast twice. They play West Coast twice, albeit, you know, the Suns are going to be a different beast under Dimmer this year. Um, they also play the Crows, the Pies, St Kilda and Sydney all twice, and we all think they're going to be around the top 10-8 bracket. Yep. Uh, so uh, I really want to I really want to say and be, be out there and say they can play finals, and it's not beyond them, but I just think they're going to be – if they do play finals, they're probably going to be in that 7-8 range where they usually are, Cat, and they will end up losing again. <laughs> First week, and we'll be we'll be yes, sort we're of all going, very familiar. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be go we'll be going back down that rabbit hole once again, Cat. So, um, I think they can finish between seven and ten. I think they'll probably, you know, I think that's where they've got to be this year. If they don't play Ooh. finals, at least ninth, tenth, you know, at least be on the periphery and don't sort of bottom out how they did last year. Because like, you know, the last month and a half, two months of, of the Bombers campaign last year was just beyond disgraceful. You know, probably maybe two, three teams that really were, were worse. And I think yeah. the dogs were one of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, I, I think, that, you know, a lot of, lot of positives from the Bombers uh, last year, and I think they'll only go up again. So I think they'll probably be between seven and ten. There you go. Right. Similar sort of range, similar but different. There we go. Uh, <laughs> not final, so let's be. We all know how this goes. And if we do, not many anything. Anyway, <laughs> that has been the Essendon season preview from us here at A3. And that is the end of that season preview grouping. Thanks so much for sticking with us uh, across the off season. And we hope you enjoyed your time off from the footy, but it's back well and truly in full force. Make sure once again in this season, you follow us across all our socials, A3 Footy Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at A3 Footy on Twitter. And of course, our email, A3 Footy at gmail.com. Uh, we'll have a super coach comp open, of course, once again this season. It was great fun last year. And we're definitely keen to do it again. Doc's been already on his team for about three months. So he's got a head start <laughs> on all of us. And um, I'm still yet to make mine. So I'm well and truly behind the airport. I'm, not, I'm not, ha- not having a year like last year again, Kat. I'm going to come out swinging and I'll be, you know, I don't want don't to be too high. I want to at least have a competitive year this year. Having, <laughs> having to work from, gra- from ground zero up at about, from about round eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want a chance of glory in the A3 Supercoach League, we will get that sorted and hopefully 
Uh, you can knock off us boffins because we say we know what we're doing, uh, but we most certainly don't. have no fucking don't. idea. <laughs> <laughs> With all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Stick with us, more season previews to come across this off-season. It never seems to end, but we're nearly there. Thanks for listening. Tweet through again. The footy's back. Hurrah! <laughs> the footy's back. <laughs>